sessions and weddings. I actually travel for more sessions than I do local sessions. Um, so I'm pretty much East Coast and beyond. And uh, my main focus in my business is really empowerment, and I really try to uh, boost self-esteem for women. It's kind of my main focus. Wow, so 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 you got a, a lot going on. Not only do you do weddings, but you also do family portraits, correct? Yes, I do family photography, um, couple photography, such as anniversary sessions, and then I also do boudoir photography. So kind of um, don't really specialize in one thing. I kind of do it all over the place. All right, so, so how long have you been a photographer? Um, so I have been doing photography for now about eight years. Um, but it's been a legal business for about five of those eight years. All right, so why did you decide to become a photographer? So, yeah, so I actually, before I became a full-time photographer, I worked in the emergency room as an EMP, and I worked night shift, and it was a trauma center, and obviously it was a very stressful, um, overwhelming job. So I went from having something, you know, when I first people found out that I did photography just kind of on the side as a hobby, um, people started offering to, you know, pay me to take family pictures for around like the holidays. So I was like, yeah, sure, like definitely no problem. I could totally do that. And I enjoyed it so much. And then I realized that I was making money and like I had a potential of, you know, turning this into something more serious. And, you know, going from a job that, you were getting yelled at and hit and um, stressful and, you know, just constantly emotionally draining. Um, and then having another job where you actually were making people happy, it just was, you know, a totally easy decision to maybe think, okay, I think I want to focus on this instead of um, pursuing nursing, which is what I was in school for. I was actually in college for nursing when I decided to quit and just do photography. Wow. That's awesome, Deb. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, uh, but I'm very thankful, though, because my business would not be what it is today if it wasn't for my former coworkers when I worked in the emergency room. They really, like, really, really helped me get this business off the ground. And actually, a lot of them are still, like, very loyal clients to this day. So, so Deb, you know, yes. the I, 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 I've created this podcast because I really want to get to the heart of what couples or anybody in the wedding industry for that matter should should really look for when yeah, when, when when hiring their vendors now you know being that i'm getting married right in the next few months um i, I mean we've ran into so many different photographers i mean it seems like the industry is 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 saturated with photographers. Yeah, absolutely. Is 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 that something that uh, you see as well in the industry? Whole bunch of photographers. Yeah, for sure. So you know, actually, um, you know, I got engaged two weeks ago. Oh, so, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, so I got engaged two weeks ago, and um, I've already experienced the same thing. And it really just in two weeks has really helps me kind of realize like how we can better be serving our clients um so photography is very saturated this is a day and age where everybody wants to be a photographer it's definitely something that a lot of people are interested in i think it's so great i think people need to realize 
there's such a huge difference between amateur and hobbyist photographers and professional photographers. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, you know, we can all have the same gear and we can all have the same skill level. We all know what settings we need to have or lighting occasions. But the only thing that's going to separate yourself from the other photographers is your personality. And um, you really found that there are things that you do to kind of set yourself apart. And I noticed that just within two weeks of trying to find venues with my bridal shower and, and you know, stuff like that, I've realized what sticks out to me and what doesn't stick out to me. So I think personality is definitely something that you should look for in your photographer. And I actually tell all of my bride and grooms this when I meet with them for their consult. Um, when I sit down with my bride and groom for their FaceTime consult or their phone consult or even in person, I always am very honest with them and I tell them, look, you know, my pictures might be great to you and you might like my prices, but if you don't like my personality, we are not going to be a good match. And everybody's personality is different. So there might be a photographer out there that you absolutely love and you love their work, but once you sit down with them, you might realize that you may not, like, mesh very well with their personality. So for me, I'm super outgoing and really talkative, as you can tell. So a bride and groom, they may want somebody that's a little bit more, like, reserved and kind of a fly on the wall. I would say to them, like, make sure that's the personality trait that you want. I also think responsiveness is something that you should really look for. Um, I have really ran into this over the last two weeks. I had no so constant vendors to wait four to five days to respond to a bride. Um, and by that point, I'm no longer interested in their services. So I think that you need to make sure that you find somebody that can really you know, it doesn't have to be within an hour, but, like, within two days, I feel like you should be receiving responses from your photographers or your vendors and really answering your questions and wanting to talk to you. Um, I ran into a lot of vendors who've just been kind of rude, like, sent me one brochure over without even, like, congratulating me on my engagement. And that really made, um, that really made a difference when I was thinking about who I wanted to hire. Um, but so personality, responsiveness, Obviously, your skill level and your experience, I think that, um, you know, you need to know that your photographer has just done style shoots or, you know, that they've done actual weddings and actually been in real wedding scenarios, um, not just second shooting, not just style shoots. Like, you want to make sure that, you know, when we're an hour late, we know what, we know what to do. I know how to handle it, um, which I don't think somebody that doesn't have the experience, they may not be able to handle it as well. So, so Deb, you said you said a lot there, right? Yeah, and... I know. I like I a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 good because you know I really want to get down to you know the nitty gritty and the, just the reality of 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 what couples should should look for. So, there's a couple of things you said. You said gear. Yeah. You said uh, personality. And you also said amateur photographers and professional photographers. So um, yeah. I, I want to talk about the gear a little bit, right? So, I, I mean, I'll tell you from my experience, a lot of times when I'm talking to couples, like they really don't care about the type of equipment that I have. Like I've never had a couple ask me, so yeah, what kind of speakers right. do you have? You know what I mean? Um, but I know that the gear is important and obviously they want to make sure that you have good working gear but um you know it's 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 interesting that you said 
that you said gear. So if if I'm a groom looking looking to hire you as my photographer, right? What is what, what's like almost like a standard professional camera that a professional photographer would have? Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I do think that gear is important. However, I don't think that it should be a deciding factor. So um, I know some photographers that shoot on older cameras um, or maybe at the, it's like iPhones. Like there, as soon as you get one camera, there's always a newer camera that comes out. Um, so that's like me saying I had the iPhone 6S Plus, but there's the iPhone 10 out now. That doesn't mean my iPhone 6S Plus that's horribly just to make sure you're not even use it. So I do say that, um, you know, with the cameras, when I when, when people ask me, oh, what kind of gear do you use? A lot of times I can tell them exactly what I use, but they don't really understand it, um, which I feel like it's not, you know, it doesn't really help them make their decision. What you want it to see more so is that they have gear that can handle low light. So some cameras that um, are more for, like, your amateur photographers, they don't um, handle low light as well. So if I'm in, like, a really dark reception space, if they don't know how to use flash or they don't have a camera that can hold, you know, that type of low-light scenarios, then you're kind of screwed in that environment. So you really want to see that you don't really – it may not help you as much to ask them what type of camera they have because you're going to have no idea what that means. But you want to see more examples. Can I see examples of you shooting in a low-light situation Mm. instead of beautiful sunset or brightly lit windows? Um, And that's what – you're gonna want them to have good gear for it. Wow, that's good. That's good. I, yeah. Like I like I didn't even know about low lights. Like I'm like, what are you yeah, talking absolutely. about? Low low lights. Well, we're, we're definitely gonna get to the lighting, right? So, um, how do you different? How do you differentiate between an amateur photographer and a professional photographer? And and the reason why I ask that is because you know you can if you're an amateur photographer you can take a picture and go home and do some edits and call yourself a professional right so what do you think in your professional opinion what what separates an amateur from a professional yeah so you know um i do know a lot of amateur photographers that are super talented and they have a great eye and they have a great portfolio. However, what differentiates them between a professional business is they may not pay taxes, they may not be legally registered as a business, um, they may not be sending contracts out. Contracts, I, I go through this with people, like friends of mine, on a weekly basis, <coughs> and I tell them, you know, if, if they can't afford my, my services or they can't, you know, they, they're just looking for more of an amateur package, I always say, it doesn't matter who you go to. I, I would rather you go to a cheaper photographer and still send me their package, their contact, so we can make sure it's okay. Um, I've had so many situations where people hire, aka, you know, like, they pay them $100 or something to take pictures, but no contract is ever signed. So what happens is these people, they give money to this amateur photographer and they never get anything in return. And then they can't uphold, hold, you know, they can't say anything because they didn't sign a contract. So with a, with a you know, professional photographer, I mean, when my clients hire me, they receive a brochure and then they receive a contract and they receive a invoice. 
So everything that we do is on that paper. It says the price. It says what they're receiving. It says worst-case scenarios. It says if we have a terrorist attack. It says if we have an avalanche, a blizzard, whatever it happens. It goes over what's going to happen in situations. If I were to get sick or have a coma or be in the flu or break my leg, it goes over how they get their money back. And with an amateur photographer, you're just not getting that level of professionalism. Um, and you're kind of in a really bad spot if you give them money and you have nothing to hold yourself up against it. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So you, 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 also, you also mentioned skill level, right? Which I think is yes. extremely important. So what do you think, well, well, what skills should couples be looking for when hiring? So this is something that I feel like newly has become an issue in our industry. And I don't think anybody that's not in our industry has any clue about it. So this is a really good question, Jean. So in our industry, there's something called style shoots. Say that what again? Is, is it's that called what? Style shoot. It's called a style shoot. S-T-Y-L-E-D. Um, what it is, is that a photographer finds um, two models, whether they be a real couple or they just be a fake couple. They put together stationary, a gorgeous table setting, a gorgeous location with other vendors, a florist or a calligrapher, you know, whatever. We create this most perfect environment, and then we take pictures with that environment. And then they put it on their portfolio. So what happens is we go to their website and we see, oh, wow, this gorgeous wedding, this gorgeous couple, gorgeous centerpieces. If they're doing that wedding, that means they can do my wedding, which is totally not accurate. Style shoots are great because it does help you get great practice doing detail shots, practice posing couples. I mean, you think of it as like a fake wedding almost, like you're doing like a fake wedding to take pictures of. But what it is is that couples think that they have all this experience shooting weddings when really they, they, they aren't shooting real weddings. They're shooting like portfolio things. So when it comes to an actual wedding day where you don't have a gorgeous location, you don't have perfect centerpieces, you don't have models as your couple, but professional, you know, models that know exactly how to pose and where to look, and they don't know how to handle a real wedding. Um, and I always tell my couples, like, it's okay to ask a photographer to send you an actual wedding or to sit down with them and to actually look at a full wedding because you want to see them have shooting a actual wedding versus just down shoots and portfolio sessions. And it's totally okay. I mean, I think, you know, with Jean, if, like, you know, if you and Jen ever – you know, if you guys wanted to see my work, I would want you to look at an actual wedding versus just, you know, a few highlights from the season. So, wow, I, I, I didn't know this. So, yeah. uh, so a photographer can actually stage a wedding and make it look like it's a real wedding. And the couple looking at the portfolio doesn't know if this was they actually might a real wedding. as if to a photographer, it helps us pose, it helps us like show what type of wedding we might want to shoot. Like if I'm more into, if I want to attract more boho couples or more companion inspired couples, I would want to do a portfolio session to kind of show that flavor and taste that I wanted more couples to be attracted to, which is fine, but you, style shoots are great. You just want to make sure that's not the only thing they're shooting. You want to make sure that they actually are shooting real weddings, not just a... 
All right, so 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 let's go back. Let's go back and talk about skills for a little bit, right? And you know, I can only relate it to what I do as an entertainer. So it you you know, in in, in my line of business, being a professional wedding DJ, uh, I have to work on my mixing skills. I have to work on my emceeing skills. I have to work on uh, presentation, time management. Uh, you know, these are skills that. You know, I'm always trying to work on and 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 perfect and to master. Are there specific mm-hmm. skills in the photography industry? Like, are there certain classes yeah, that you take? I think so. When you shoot in manual, it basically means that you are choosing the exact settings on your camera um, for the scenario. So you have, you know, ISO, aperture, shutter speed, which is a whole other you know conversation. But you need to know basically how to calculate what settings you need for certain environments. So it comes, I know we're going to discuss lighting eventually, but um, you have to practice with lighting. For me this year, my my goal is to really practice my flash skills. While I know how to do flash settings for receptions and basic things like that, I would love to get into more of like um, different sparkler things and different things with like fire and fireworks and stuff like that, that, you know, it's, great you don't really know you need it until it's actually at a wedding and i think that you should always be practicing these skills but um lighting you really have to know how to handle your lighting um you're not always going to have like a super bright room with tons of windows you might have a church with orange wallpaper and yellow lighting and trying to make your bride not look like a pumpkin um, <laughs> and if, if you and that's just the honesty of what a lot of wedding venues um, they might be beautiful, but they also might have yellow light bulbs and green wallpaper. Wow. Which might look pretty when you first walk in, but when you look on camera, it's like, ugh, you know, it looks horrible. Wow. And uh, you have to be able to know how to, you know, handle it. So skill level is very important. That's why, you know, with those style shoots, it's one thing for you to see everything in a perfect scenario, but it's not going to help you if you want to know that they know how to, you know, actually shoot real life of not-so-pretty um, spots. So you, 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 wow. Um, let's talk about, and, and I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but let's talk about the venue because you said if the venue has green walls and yellow lighting, it's going to affect how you take pictures. So what yeah. should, should, what, what should couples consider when choosing their venue? So I think that, um, sometimes venue plays a very important role, but I don't think that should be, like, the end-all for everything. So, for example, I've done weddings where it might be at a church and then at, like, a local lodge or something like that, and the bride is really concerned, like, where are we going to take pictures? Like, we don't have this beautiful garden or beautiful waterfall or, you know, anything like that. And the photographer should be able to handle it. I mean, I have done portraits in a parking lot before with good lighting and people think it's in this like gorgeous field um all of the field pictures i've never told anybody this but i'm i'm known for my gorgeous fields at sunlight you know sunset pictures every single field i've ever shot in usually is like at the back of a lowe's parking lot or back of a walmart or back behind some abandoned lot because that's where, like, the, you know, untouched grass is. But um, with the venue, I mean, like, it's great to know that, you know, they have good spots, like gardens and, you know, whatever. But sometimes the budgets don't allow for elaborate venues. 
Um, I'm sure, as you know, setting a wedding, venue, weddings are very expensive. And, you know, venues really can suck you dry with, with their costs. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I always say, for what you're looking for when you're looking for good pictures, I do think it's important to have natural lighting in your getting ready space. Um, there's nothing like window light compared to, um, like the overhead lights. Because usually overhead lights have more of a yellowish glow to it and it really affects your skin color. Um, window light is really important. Um, I can, you know, if you have window light, you can disguise things to be a lot prettier than they really are. Um, but when it comes to, you know, for portraits, um, I do think it's important, you know, for you to look and kind of visualize where you would want it. If you're more into country, then you would want to see if there's a field or a barn nearby. If you want more of a classic look, maybe look for columns or a garden. So it depends on what your style is. But I do say that even if you, you know, budget works out that you really can only afford the golf club that doesn't have anything or, you know, whatever, your photographer should be able to find something, you know, unique where you might be like, I've had people stand in the parking lot and they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, trust me. And then when they get their pictures, they're like, holy cow, you can't even tell it's a parking lot. That, that, that was amazing, Deb. Um, yeah, you, you... yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I, I think that people forget that, that budgets are so real. And, you know, going through it, I mean, we're both in the same boat now. And you realize, like, my venue wants my, what? Like, 10000 for what? <laughs> and then you're just like, are you kidding me? And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't allow it. Sometimes you're going to get stuck with just doing it in the basement of the, of the church or, you know, whatever. And you don't want that to mean that, oh, well, that means I don't get good pictures. You want your photographer to look at them and they know that they got you. All right. So let's talk about what, what, what process does a photographer go through? Well, let me not say a photographer because I would imagine all the different. But, um, you know, in your professional opinion, you know, what, what's the process of, of preparing for a wedding? Yeah, so it is um, it's something that you, I pretty much the week before a wedding, I'm starting to prepare for the wedding. Um, what I usually do is maybe two to three weeks before the wedding, maybe even earlier, I sit down with the bride or FaceTime if she's out of, out of state, and um, we talk about the itinerary. It is so important to know the itinerary as a photographer before your actual wedding day. Um, so you go over the itinerary and you make sure that it's realistic because you've been to most weddings, but you know that, like, if they're saying that you're only going to get 30 minutes for family portraits, bridal party portraits, and bridal portraits, you know that's, like, not going to happen. So, <laughs> right. like, going over the timeline with them, helping them kind of, if they only paid for six hours of coverage, like, I don't want that to mean that I'm having to leave right when they're getting things done. Like, I, they pay for six hours of coverage. I want to see how we can fit in the amount of activities in that six hours. Like, maybe we talk to the DJ and see if we can do cake cutting right after dinner versus, you know, at the very end. Or maybe we can do the first dance as soon as they walk in versus later on. Like, to work with the DJ, and we've talked about this before, Gene, because sometimes, you know, the, you know, the photographer isn't staying the whole reception. And you don't want that to mean that your bride isn't going to get pictures for that. Definitely go over the itinerary. I also go over shot requests. Um, I don't like it when my brides give me, like, a Pinterest list that they found where it's, like, you know, a hundred things that they found on Pinterest with, like, everything that they need to know. Um, I kind of make sure that they know, like, what do you care about? Not what Pinterest cares about, but what do you care about? Um, so maybe that would be 
their mom putting the veil on or, you know, something like that. But um, you want to know what's most important to them. If I need to look for grandma's face during the ceremony, I want to know. If I need to find Uncle Bob somewhere during the wedding day, let me know. So definitely making sure you know what your bride actually wants because every bride's different. Some brides don't care so much about details. Some brides care more about, like, the genuine moment. Um, I always charge all of my batteries, so I usually bring, like, four to six batteries, even though I don't need all of them, and I make sure they're all fully charged just in case anything happens. Um, I, I bring three cameras to a wedding just in case the things happen, because things have happened at weddings, so you always have to make sure you have backup equipment. Um, and if I have a second shooter, I make sure that my second shooter is fully aware of shot list, itinerary, all that stuff. Um, I make sure my cards are all cleared so I don't have to worry about, you know, my cards being full with other pictures on them. And then I also pack an emergency bag. Um, this is something that a lot of photographers do. Um, in my emergency bag, it has chocolate, Tylenol, toothpaste, um, bobby pins, hairspray, um, a granola bar, the addresses, directions to that place in case your phone dies. So basically all the stuff that your bride, your bridal party, or you might need on your wedding day. So it's a lot of prep the week before. Uh, okay, so let's talk about a shot list. What 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 is a shot list? So a shot list is basically the bride or um, bride and the groom will write down things that they absolutely have to have. So the most popular things that people request is um, the groom putting his tie on or his bow tie, um, the mom putting her veil on, uh, his face when they walk down the aisle, um, their first kiss, like these big moments to them that are really important. Um, you don't want to write down every moment of the day, like you don't want to say, me putting my shoe on, me putting my dress up, me putting the veil on, because then it's going to be like a three-page request, and the, the photographer is going to be so overwhelmed with like the common sense things. But what really works is, like, you, you know, for me, when I get married or whatever, what will be most important to me is, like, my mom saying her prayer with me. So other brides, that may not even be something that would exist for them. But for me, that would be so important. I would want to make sure my photographer knew that. So when you're talking about the timeline, well, well let's back up a little bit. A lot of weddings that I've done, I've seen two things, okay? I've seen the first look and then... We do the wedding, and then the couple does some photos afterwards, right? I've also been in situations where photographers have come up to me with a list of names to call. Or they'll just be like, Gene, please, you know, we need everyone from the bride's family outside. Or, you know, we need everyone from the groom's family outside. What what, what exactly is going on in that situation? Yeah, so um, I don't handle it that way. Um, I mean, every photographer is different. But so what usually happens is you have your prep. That's when the bride and the groom are getting ready, and I do the details. Then if you have a first look, you're going to do the first look. Um, and then you do port your ceremony. And then after your ceremony, is usually when you do your family portraits. So family portraits happens immediately after the ceremony, usually, for me, um, because I don't want to have to come find you to call names. I don't want to have to hunt anybody down. So what I usually do is I tell my bride, if your family member is on the formal guest list for, like, pictures, they need to stay in their seats at the ceremony, and then we are going to do pictures immediately afterwards. So, so, so Deb, then, Deb, Deb, hold yeah. on, hold on. You, you said something very important. 
you said uh, if your family is on the guest list for family. Um, like the, so basically, I have my bride write down, guest list is probably a bad word. I have my bride write down a list of the people that they have to have formal pictures with um, after the ceremony. So this is usually moms, grandparents, siblings, and then maybe like an aunt, an uncle, or a cousin. Um, it's the people that are closest to you, and you have to have that like framed formal picture with that person. Okay. Um, and we do those after the ceremony. So, so, so this is so, so this is a document that you're giving the bride to fill out, and you inform her that after the wedding, these people need to go to whatever location you guys designated for family portraits. Yeah, so I sit down with the bride when I have that meeting a few weeks beforehand, and I say, who do you have to have pictures with um, after the ceremony? And usually these are the pictures that, like, you would hang up in your wall with, like, your mom, like you and your wedding dress and your mom, or you and your dad and your tux. Um, so uh, they give me a list of the most important family members that they have to have, like, a stand and look at me, smile picture, and then... After the ceremony, I have those people on the list stay there, so that way I don't have to find them at the cocktail hour. So, so is this something that that you and the bride coordinate together? Because, because yeah. I mean, at the wedding, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. After the ceremony is over, the bride is walk, the bride and the groom are walking away. You know what I mean? And so, this is obviously a conversation that happens before the ceremony. Yes, okay. and it can also be informed to the DJ too. So the DJ knows. So usually right after the ceremony is the cocktail hour. The cocktail hour usually lasts about an hour. So this would be the prime time for those pictures to happen. So you're not missing out of your reception. So usually as soon as like we'll do oldest family members first. So we'll do grandma and grandpa and then we'll say, okay, you can go. And then they can go enjoy the cocktail hour. And then usually the family portraits takes about 20 minutes. And then we can go into bridal party and then the bride and groom portraits. Um, but the bride and groom, obviously, they're you know they have to know beforehand so they can make sure that they stay and family members stay. Right, and I'm so glad you mentioned about the timeline. I'll tell you why. You know, one of the first questions I ask my couples is, "How long do you have the photographer booked?" And the reason why it's important for me to know that is because. If you only have the photographer for, you know, six hours and the photographer is leaving after dinner, that means, you know, we have to put all of the special moments before open dancing. Right. So we have to right. do the special dance. Well, let, let me not say you have to. Once again, it's it, it all d depends on what's important to the couple. Right. So a lot of couples, uh, you know, they'll say. You know, the cake cutting is important, but, you know, it's not important for the photographer to do the to to do the bouquet toss or open dancing. In that situation, I, I at least tell them, well, we should at least designate someone to take pictures. You know, what I mean, even if it's a family member right. or or something like that. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is that is very important. And of course, weddings run late. And I've had to tell photographers all the time, listen, I know you're leaving at a certain amount of time, but we're going to cut the cake. Can you stay a few minutes? And, and most of the time, there's there's not an issue with that. But I think it, it, it is important that, especially for the entertainer, that we know when the photographer mm -hmm. is scheduled to leave. Yeah, 
important to talk to your bride and grooms about what's important to them beforehand because I've had some brides that all that stuff is super important. So then I know, hey, maybe we don't need as much time for prep and let's add some more time to reception. Mm. Um, so, so I'll say, maybe you only need 30 minutes of prep time and then let's add two hours of that to down, down to the end at your reception. And that way you can get all of those events. Um, and that's why I always like to make sure I email my DJs that I'm working with beforehand and say, hey, this is my itinerary. I'm planning on leaving at 9. Let's work together to try to make sure this stuff stays on, you know, on time and try to get things moving during the reception to make sure that they get their bouquet tops. Um, I am a little different than other photographers. I have stayed late to many, many, many weddings with no problem. Um, you know, I have no issue. I know that things run late. I know that sometimes... We're totally behind, and we haven't even cut the cake yet, and I'm supposed to have been gone by now. But that's why I think communication is so well. And I think that your bride and groom appreciate it so much at the end of the day. You know, if I stay an extra hour and then they realize it, a lot of times they'll say, hey, I'm going to send you an invoice for that last hour that you gave us. But if they don't, I know that they're still very appreciative of it, and then they're going to refer me to more people. But, you know, I, I, I would never expect that from other vendors. Um, I would never have a talk, you know, a bride and groom expect it from somebody. But I do think that it's so helpful when you have the DJ and the photographer working together. I'm constantly talking to my DJs, like, hey, we're a little running late. How about you try to get people, you know, over this direction? Or, hey, can you get people, if we missed a group, like if we missed the groomsmen, whole all-in-one picture, I'll say, hey, can you call all the grooms on the dance floor for me so I can at least get one shot of them on the floor together? And that, it really just helps the timeline go a lot more smoothly when you have two people at it. <clears throat> I definitely agree. You know, you know, one of the biggest pet peeves I have, um, I don't, I don't want to say it's a pet peeve, but it's, it's so important that the DJ know what's going on, right? So a lot of yeah, times, absolutely. a lot of times... Uh, I'll like the, the, the couple is gone, right? And everybody's looking like, where did they go? And the photographer took them out for sunset photos and they didn't tell anybody like right. we're going out for sunset po photos and people are looking around for them. So I think it's so important that vendors. And I actually remember you telling me that and I actually kind of made sure now I make it a point. I actually tell my other photographer friends like, most bridal groups want to go out for sunset pictures, but now I tell the DJ, hey, do you think now is a good time for them to escape for 15 minutes? Like, has everybody been served yet? Like, because sometimes if people haven't been finished, you know, people haven't even finished eating yet, that's when I say, let's go escape really quick. No one's going to miss you because they're eating food. Still. Ex exactly. And you know what? That's why I think it's great for other vendors to work together with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, you know, when I invited you out to one of the weddings I did, and you were like, you know, yeah. Jean, during the first dance, you don't want to have these strobe lights going on because yeah. you can't edit those out of the photos. And, you know, that's, you know, as an entertainer... Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just, you know, as a DJ, that's not something... Cause I'm not in your world, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's not something I'm I'm thinking about. I'm just like, yeah, the bride and groom's coming in. Like you and, and I'll tell you something else. And, and and I'm so fortunate to 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 have you not only as a as a fellow vendor, but as a friend, right? Is sometimes right before the first dance, you know, someone from the venue will go in and turn the lights off. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like photographers hate that. 
right? Like, yeah. they're like, Wait, why, why are the lights off? But, you know, the venue doesn't know that. You see what I'm saying? And no one is really, nobody is really communicating that to them. So, you know. And it means so much even when the venue coordinator comes to me and say, hey, is this light okay? I mean, I should, like I said, I should be able to handle all lighting situations. But it is just so nice when people say, hey, is it cool if we dim them a little bit before we turn them all the way off? Or, hey, is, are these purple lights going to be crazy for you? Um, and, you know, that's why I always tell bride and grooms also, like, when you pick your up lighting and when you pick your, you know, colors and stuff on your DJ, make sure you tell them, like, um, I don't want these colors during my first dance. I don't want, you know, disco lights on my face while I have my, you know, right. first dance. But these are all things that, <clears throat> and I never would have thought to tell the DJ before I take my bride and groom out for sunset pictures. And now I'm like, okay, before I even go out there, I need to head right to my DJ booth and say, hey, is this now a good time for us? And it just worked out so much better then. Yeah, I remember I was doing a wedding and a photographer came up to me and she was like, um, like sometimes I'll notice the photographers while cocktail hours going on after they're done with the with the family photos, they'll come in and just take pictures of the venue. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And the photographer was like, oh, you know, can you turn these up lights off? And, you know, that that was a little bit weird to me. I'm like, why? Like, you know, I had to literally go over and unplug like 12 up lights and it yeah. j it would have been better if I would have known ahead of time that she was going to be doing that, right? And so now... But that's I, why I've also told DJs, like, you know, early on in the day during prep, if the reception's already set up, I'll go over to reception space and say, before you plug in all of your lights or before you plug in all your extra speakers, do you mind if I just take pictures of the room really quick? Because then I'm getting it without all of the extra distractions in the background. Awesome. Awesome. So, so, so that's a, that's another topic for another show, I guess, photographers yes. and DJs <laughs> working with vendors, but you, you did, you, you also said something that was very intriguing to me. You said prep time, right? And okay. like, because like, I've, you know, I've never planned a wedding before my, my own anyway. Right. Um, like when you say prep time, I'm thinking like, okay, that's when the couple is getting ready, obviously. Right. And that is something that they need to consider when hiring their DJ. I mean, when hiring their photographer and the time that's allotted for that. Correct? Right. Yes. And so that's, you know, just definitely you need to make sure that if they want all of their hair and makeup covered, if they want all of their whole getting ready covered, you need to know that. But most guys and grooms just kind of want the final basic Right, so you'll come in after they're like almost done with the prep. Yeah, so sometimes the bride and grooms do want me there pretty early on, so that way I'm like getting it when they're fresh faced and just now getting hair and makeup started. Usually I don't take too many pictures of when they're like that because they're not usually the most flattering. They're just kind of sitting there with their stuff getting ready. So that's when I would usually go around and capture like the ceremony space set up before people sit down reception space set up because people, you know, come in and ruin it, um, I would get that. And then I would come in and get the pictures of them as they're starting to be a little bit more presentable. All right. So now let's talk about uh, a, a, a process that I thought was completely amazing, um, that I was completely baffled about is, you know, for DJs, after the wedding is done, 
like we're done like you know we go home we hug you know thank you so much but for a photographer your job doesn't end after the wedding right it just starts (laughs) it's just getting started oh my gosh so the wedding is the easy part (laughs) wow uh so so let's talk about the process that 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 you go through after the wedding yeah, so um, I come home. I usually sit on the couch and, like, feel dead for a while. Um, <laughs> and then, so what I do first is I back up my images. So that means that I kind of, like, just put my card in one other spot, like my external hard drive, cloud, whatever, whatever it may be, just so in case I were then to lose the card or drop the card in water or whatever, my images are already in one other place. Um, then I import them into my computer and I go through them and I do something called culling. So basically that means that I go through and I select the images that I actually want to edit. So that means I'm going to throw out the light testing shots. I'm going to throw out the shots where somebody's like picking at themselves. Um, I'm throwing away all the definite notes and then I'm going to import the ones that I actually want to edit. So once I import all the ones that I want to edit, then I start editing them. So, so, so Deb, Deb, real quick, real quick. So how many yes. pictures on an average would you say you take at a wedding? Oh, God. Okay, so I'm a horrible example because I completely overshoot. Um, so this may not be as many as other photographers will take. On average, if I do an eight-hour wedding day, we're looking at... Oh God, this is gonna sound so bad. I I probably am looking at taking three to six thousand pictures. What? Yeah. Wow. Um, on average, though, I do feel like it's around that three thousand mark. Though. And then, how how many photos do you do you end up editing? Yeah. Um, the final product for an eight-hour wedding day that I actually deliver, like I'm actually like, okay, these are definite for me. Probably between 800 and 1200, but I guarantee 700 to 900. Okay. All right. So, so, so back to the process. Um, you get, you get home, you relax, you back up the photos and then, then what? Then I import them into my computer after I like call through them and get rid of the ones that I don't want. And then I start editing them. And I, you can do where you like do a, a, you make an edit and then you like set it to more than one photo. But if you think about it, one edit might work on one photo and then it may work on, it may not work on another photo. So you have to go through, brighten them, maybe um, add a little bit of color. Everybody has their own style. Some photographers are more warm. Some photographers are more saturated. Some photographers are more bright. Some are more dark. It just kind of depends on what their creative style is. Mm, um, I edit them. What do you say? No, that, that that's very interesting. You said creative style. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so my style um, is very warm um, and kind of almost a moody edit. So some photographers are like super, super bright and overexposed. Um, I'm a little bit more underexposed and Definitely what stands out for my work is warmth. So I do a lot of super glowy light, super, like, beachy, warm, tally type tones um, over, uh, like, minty greens and, like, super overexposed um, uh, atmospheres. So after you edit all of the pictures, which takes, you 
know, a good amount of time. Um, you want to, you know, I um, am a little different than some photographers. I don't believe in heavy Photoshop, so I will remove, like, blemishes, etc. But because I have so much emphasis on empowerment and self-esteem, I do not make it skinnier. I don't, you know, remove... Um, I don't drop 20 pounds off your waist or anything like that. I keep my, my editing pretty realistic just because of my own morals. So I don't have to do anything too crazy with that. And then after all the pictures are edited, I export them and I put them in a gallery, which we're gonna, I think we're going to go over soon too. Um, and then I upload them into the gallery, which takes a few more hours. And then I send it off to my clients. Okay, so let, let's talk about editing a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, let's go deeper into the editing. So, is editing a skill? Yes, and it's something that takes a long time. Like, I've been editing for, like I said, like eight years <clears> now, <throat> and I still will be like, oh, I didn't know I could do that on Lightroom. Like, I, you know, I, I'm always learning new tricks or new, you know, tools that I could use to edit the pictures. And I've, I've heard of photographers sending the sending their pictures to someone else to edit. Yes, so some photographers outsource their editing. That means that there's some people that their main job is to edit. So they find out what their style is and they like have like kind of a, a preset made off of what that photographer edits like and then they edit the pictures for that photographer. Um, some people do this if they just don't want to spend the time editing. Some people do this because they would rather have, you know, if they're drowning in work, they want somebody else to edit them for them. Um, you know, for the various different reasons. I don't. Um, I'm a little too picky, so I like editing my own work uh, versus having somebody edit it for me. Um, but you can, like, outsource. Like, if, let's say, I had to do something crazy, like remove somebody out of, like, a group picture. Like, somebody gets a divorce and I have to, like, you know, remove that uncle out of the picture, um, I probably would send it out to somebody else to do it for me. And so if if you're only taking photos and somebody else is editing, should should the photographer let the couple know that? Is that important? Yeah, I think so. I think that it's always important to know who's going to handle your pictures. Um, I don't think many bride and grooms care as long as they get their pictures, but I think it is important to know, like, you know, what editing should I be expecting? You know, is this the style that's going to be in all of the pictures? Are you, you do a lot of black and white? You know, how long is it going to take for my pictures to get back? I think those are all important questions to ask. Okay, so what separates one photographer from another? Is, is it the actual pictures or is it the editing, or is it both? I think it's both. Um, so, for me, um, you've been following my work for a while now. You know that I do a lot of, like, candid, genuine emotion, action shots in my pictures. Um, I don't do a lot of, like, face the camera and stare at me for the hour. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Um, which is totally nothing wrong with that. It's just that that's not my style. So, I think that how you're setting up the shot, your composition, the emotion you're capturing, obviously is going to make you different from another photographer. Um, everybody sees things differently. You know, I might see one that, you know, differently than some other photographer. But it's also about your editing. I mean, I'm sure you see so many photographers on your page and you realize that some are brighter, some are darker, some are warmer, some have 
different color green, some have more black and white. I mean, it really just comes down to the style of the photographer. So I'm glad you cleared that up. Um, I had another question about editing. It completely slipped my mind. Um, oh, you, okay, so this is it. A lot of couples, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about couples. I'm just going to talk about myself, okay? Yeah. Um, you, like, I've never, I mean, I've, I've hired you for, I don't know, three or four jobs now. But, right. you know, I, I would imagine someone that's never hired a photographer, when they're looking at these pictures, and you're right, you can be scrolling through Instagram and see tons and tons of photos, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. break break down for break break down for me, um, the different types of photos, right? So you said um, a still shot, natural moving shot. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a classic look, and then there's a more classic poses, like holding hands. Um, at big scenery, like big houses in the background. Um, I think that there's also a documentary style, which I absolutely adore. Um, basically, that's more where I'm not posing you guys. I'm just going to let you guys kind of interact and give you more direction. Like, let's go to a coffee shop and you guys drink coffee and talk and we're going to hang out. And I'm going to capture you while you do that, but it's more in a hidden way. And it ends up capturing more of, like, what actually happened. It's more natural. Um, It's more natural. Yes, more natural. So some bride and grooms love that because it's easier on them. It's less stress. They kind of just get the more of, like, what's really happening for them. And then you also have bride and grooms who are like, uh, no thanks. Uh, Can you tell me what to do? And I want to look at the camera. And that's okay. It just comes down to kind of, like, what know what the bride and groom feel more comfortable with so so when you so when the bride and groom asks you to tell us what to do um what style of shoot is that is that like a because you're setting up that scene correct yes is so the, i would say kind of like a cloud I, I mean i'm sure there's a better word for it but i would say it's more of a classic um classic style photography where it's just more of your basic shot um and then some people they you know they like more of a romantic um style so it's a lot more of like kissing and head on shoulders and you know the ring around his neck like those kind of things so as a photographer is there a, is there a style that you prefer or that you feel that you shoot really well in other than because it almost um, it, it almost sounds like you know as a dj you can do clubs you can do radio yeah, you can do So, so, so with that being said, uh, and I'm so glad you brought that up, you know, if you're doing engagement photos, which I think is, is, is an important process for a photographer to get to know the couple, 
Um, I, I would imagine, you know, you have, you know, some people are camera shy. Some people don't like to be in the mm -hmm. camera. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I think it's always important um, when you talk to what works for your bride and your groom. Um, I think that some grooms uh, hate pictures. Um, my man is an example for that one. Everyone's always telling me, how can we guys not have pictures together? Because he hates pictures. Like, um, and I think that that stuff is something to consider when you're hiring a photographer. You want to make sure that that style works for him too. Um, but I think that some people that are really self-conscious, um, documentary or lifestyle photography might be a little harder for them because they're just going to be captured in a natural environment. They're not going to be able to like stand up, suck it in you know, look over a certain shoulder, you know, that kind of thing. All right. So, so back to the process that you go through after a wedding. So once the, once you're done getting the photos that you want to edit, then you start editing them and then you send them to the couple. Uh, what, how long does that typically take? Yeah. So, um, it depends on the season um, for example, like my wedding that I had at the beginning of September, which is kind of like the beginning of the rush, I feel like, um, for me at least, um, I was giving weddings back to them within two weeks. I actually had two weddings within a two-week period, and they both got them back within two weeks. However, then I had weddings where I had like four in the fall, back to back, and they took about more like three weeks. Um, I guarantee four to six weeks. For weddings, but I've never actually taken that long. But I always would rather stay. It's like the pizza delivery system. Like you would rather stay a longer time than you actually are going to take. I agree. So, so you know, while while preparing for this interview, Jen, um, Jen had brought up, you know, oh, you should ask Deb about the the different options you offer for photos. So, mm -hmm. um, but but before we get into that. I've seen some couples do, um, and I've seen you do this too, as what, like, it's almost like a sneak peek. Right? Yeah. And, and what's, what's, what's the, what's the idea behind that? Okay. So obviously like, I'm sure you guys have all, because, because the fact that you guys are my clients, like I, I feel like you also can experience this. After you get the pictures, of course you're like, okay, so do they turn out okay? Like. I'm right, sure you're you itching. You can't wait. I want like, the pictures. I want you. Want, you want them like right then yeah, and there. <laughs> with, like within two days, like okay, so like do they look okay? Like you know. So I think that the sneak peek for a client's perspective is kind of like the excitement, like oh, I got to see one, and then you're like, you get to share it with your friends, like oh, we did a game pictures this weekend. Here's this. Here's an, you know what happened, or here's like a little sneak peek or a preview of it. Um, for my perspective. While that is great that my clients get to see them, um, I could also text those sneak peeks to them, but it's kind of like getting their family and friends excited about it too. So it's like, when I tag you guys, you know, if I were to do engagement pictures for you guys, like I would tag you guys in the picture, and then all your friends and family are like, oh my God, I'm so excited, right? And that's a good move on my business because then everybody is like staying tuned to my page, liking my page waiting for me to send more out and it's also giving me more material to showcase my portfolio and my style at the same time awesome i like that and, and i gotta tell yeah. you for me and jen it was definitely 
um, I mean, you were the first photographer to take photos of us together. And, you know, right, right before we went on our summer vacation. And it was so exciting getting the photos. It really yeah, was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that, like, you're looking forward to. And, like, it's a little something that you can share with family and friends, too. So the thing that I think is so important. And people, I mean, people, they're, they're brutal with their sneak peeks. I mean, they're texting me when I'm driving home. <laughs> like, like asking for a sneak peek so i do try to give a sneak peek within like the next two days or so during busy season when i was shooting like 20 sessions a week it was more like a week before you saw a sneak peek for some for some of my people but i really do try to get my sneak peek as fast as you can because i know you guys are like anxiously waiting and when i've gotten headshots done before i felt the same pain like i didn't get a sneak peek from my headshot for like three weeks and I was dying. I was like, right. what in the world? Like, did they look horrible? <laughs> did I do awful? Like, did I have weird hair? Like, you know, it just was like nerve wracking. So, so it's important for the couple to, to kind of have, have a realistic expectation on when they're going to get their photos. Yeah. So I always tell, cause people, honestly, just, and I'm sure you have the same thing. People do not read their contracts. People don't read the contracts. So if you're a client out there, make sure you read your contract. Because people do not read their contract. And then all of the information is in that contract. So it'll right. say, you're going to get your pictures within four weeks of your session date. But I always tell my clients, and I actually have these nice little cards now that I give my clients at the end of the session. So if we ever work together again, you'll see one of them. Um, but it's a nice little card, and it says, what happens now? And basically on this card, it talks about when are you going to see a sneak peek? When are you going to get your pictures back? Where are you going to see your pictures? Like my Instagram, my, my Facebook, my website, that kind of thing. And then it's going to talk about when you get your pictures back, how do you download them? Where do you download them to? Where should I order prints from? So it goes over all of those questions that completely, like, you didn't either, you either didn't read or you forgot already. So you kind of have something to go home and answer all those questions for you. I love that, Deb. I might, I, 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 might, yeah. I might have to jack that from you. What, I know, yeah. It's super, super awesome. What happens now, Cards? That is awesome. Because, because if you think about it, even you and Jen, like, you probably had, like, 12 questions. Like, right after you left your shoot, you're like, where do I order these from? How do I download them? What do I do? And you forget all that stuff. So this is a nice little, like, it's got my picture, like, a little collage of pictures on the front. It's big. It's not going to be lost. Um, and it's thick, it's not going to be ripped easily, and uh, got all the information for you on it. I love it, love it. Okay, so what should a couple expect on their wedding day? So, I think that it's so important to not just be a photographer, and I truly believe this. I am not a photographer, I am your extra bridesmaid, I am your extra mama, I am your extra wedding planner. I am your extra photographer. I am basically your person all day long. Um, and that's why I said that before, that personality is so important. Because you can imagine, if Jen is stuck with me all day long, I hope that she would like me. Because if I'm going to be with you all day, like I need you to like make sure we're on the same page. So that's why I always say that you should expect your photographer to not just take pictures. We have all the situations. I have curled hair before for bridesmaids. I have fixed hair for my bride. I have applied false eyelashes for the first time in my life on a bride. I have seen wedding dresses. I have bought, went to the drugstore and bought chocolate for a bride before who was really cranky. 
Um, I have brought water bottles for people. I have even gone through McDonald's drive-thru in between <laughs> the prep and the ceremony for my bridesmaids. Um, like, you I mean, I guess you shouldn't expect that, but I feel like that's something that you should, like, look forward to from your photographer, that, like, they're there to help you, not just take pictures. Because I'm not going to be behind a camera taking a picture of every second of your day. I mean, that would be totally overkill. Like, I, I want to be busy. I want to be helpful for you. Um, if your dress gets snagged, no worries. We're going to fix it. You know, like, you should expect your photographer also to keep you on track of time. Some coordinators are great about this. Some coordinators are not so great about this. Like, I'm going to tell you, uh, we have 20 minutes before the ceremony starts, so we probably should get dressed. You know, like, like I, I'm going to tell you, um, yeah, your groom is totally ready when he's really not, and then I'm going to go over to the groom's room and tell him, you need to put your clothes on. Like, you know, like it, you should be that person that's kind of handling the issues without your bride knowing it's an issue. Um, I had a wedding. My bride might be listening to this, Brittany. Um, she never knew that one of her groomsmen was not there at the hotel for prep until probably weeks afterwards. Uh, he had a tux disaster and picked up the wrong tux, and he wasn't in any of the prep pictures or any of the pictures beforehand because he was handling a tux disaster. So it's one of those things where you just try to like avoid those conflicts and you just try to fix the issues before they actually happen. And I, th- I think that goes a long way with you building a relationship with your couples, not yeah, just... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know... And you know this. I mean, all of my clients have turned into friends. Like, I get invited to my clients' kids' piano recitals, soccer games. I get invited to my bride's showers. I get, um, I, one of my brides has turned into one of my best friends. Like, and we were, she just one of my brides. And we turned into, like, the best of friends. Um, I have couples that go on double dates with me and mine. Like, you know, it's just, it's great having that relationship because they expect you to be there for them more than just a photographer, but also they treat you like a human, not just a business, which is so, so awesome when they look at you as an actual person versus just some machine that's taking pictures for them. I agree. So, so listen, we're almost at, oh, we're a little over an hour, so I want to be respectful of your time, right? Um, yeah. But two, two questions just, just popped in my head, and, and I, I, I've got to tell you, just as a groom, you know, this, this, this platform has helped me out so much. Just having this hour conversation with you, I'm going to go and, and talk to Jen, and like, I've, I've learned so much already, and I wish we right? had... Yeah, we, we, I wish we had more time, and I'm gonna have to get you back on again because we're not gonna be able to get to all the questions, right? Um, <laughs> but 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 two things that popped in my head: um, the best time to take pictures and makeup artists. Okay, and the reason why I say this is the bride. Like like I'm not I'm not a girl and I'm not girly, and so I don't know anything about makeup and stuff like that. Okay, um, but I have noticed that the bride does her makeup uh, before the ceremony, right? If it's in the summertime, yeah. <laughs> okay, if it's in the summertime, oh, yeah. her, her makeup is going to wear off, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, after the ceremony, she's going to have to take these family photos. So, does she have to redo her makeup before then? So, what I usually have done in the past is we bring touch-ups. So, we bring like a lip 
old bleed bring, like, um, mascara or whatever. But airbrush makeup doesn't come off as easily, um, is what I've noticed from my, my salon friends. Um, if they do airbrush makeup, it tends to stick up in the face. It's actually waterproof. So when you're getting sweaty and stuff, it'll actually stay put. Versus, like, more, like, foundation and stuff that sometimes gets kind of uh, nasty. after <laughs> they get a little sweaty. But airbrush makeup does a lot better. So I always ask, like, you know, you can always ask your, your, your salon people that, hey, do you guys offer, um, you know, airbrush makeup? Um, but I also will bring a portable fan, like one of those little small ones, and I literally will just run around. Oh, I'll have my assistant or my intern or my second shooter or whoever or one of the bridesmaids literally just carry the fan and just keep it on her face. Got you. And, and and so obviously a makeup artist is important, obviously, because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You can totally um, tell, you know, like I've had a lot of brides do with bridesmaids do their makeup and stuff, and they still look amazing. Um, I just always say just make sure that you know what you're putting on and you try it. Trials are so important. Do You know, I always say when you have your engagement session, see if you can schedule your hair and makeup trial on the same day. Because then you can see what the makeup and hair looks like on camera versus oh, just in real life. That's so it's great, great that we can combine the two because then you can kind of see, <clears throat> ooh, I do not like my hair like that in pictures. And then you can know not to do something differently for your actual day. Okay. All right, Deb. So two more questions and then... Uh... And then we're going to wrap this up and I got to get you back because we only got halfway through the questions. And I know. Uh, yeah, we, we talked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is this has been amazing. All right. So let's talk about the different. Uh, actually, I'm going to try to fit three questions in here. Right. So the so what do what, what's the biggest misconceptions that brides have when hiring when hiring you or, or a photographer? I think, I think price. A lot of people don't understand. And I, I, like I said, as a bride myself now, it's like, oh, holy cow. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's like literally a down payment on a house and all this stuff. Um, but I think price, a lot of um, brides don't really know how expensive it is. Um, because if you think about it, like, it's not just the eight hours of coverage. It's all the stuff beforehand and the week after that I'm spending on your pictures. So when you break it down per hour, you're really hardly making anything per hour just because of, you know, all the things. Plus, I always like to say, it's, I'm not just giving you a good, I'm also giving you a service. Like, I'm giving you a service and a good. So it's not like you're just paying for some 4 by 6 prints. You're paying for the art, you're paying for the work, you're paying for, you know, all the effort that it takes afterward. I mean, you're, you're paying for so much more. Plus, I always say, like, and like I said, I know prices is hard, but the photos are the only thing that you're going to go home with. Your, your cake's not going to go home with you. Your party's not going to go home with you. Your food's not going to go home with you. The only thing that you get to have after the wedding is pictures. I agree. And you know... So it's so important to maybe invest <clears throat> more in photography over something that maybe, like, the donut booth may not be as important. <laughs> Right, right, right. So, you know, I'll tell you, um, I always tell my couples, you know, the one thing that will back up the timeline is is the photos. But you don't want to rush the photos. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the like, you know, I've seen photographers working under pressure of time. 
and and I, and I, and listen, I'll tell you, like, I'm not a photographer, but as a DJ, if if they're rushing me, come on, Gene, come on, Gene, we got to get everybody lined up, and you got to go through the, and you know, I might mess up a name. That's not something right. I can go back well, we and, and fix. To take a picture exactly, or, or or I might forget to 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 make an important announcement because I'm being rushed. Like I hate. I hate being rushed. That's why I get to the venue so early and I'm set up and I go over my script and, and, and I'm well prepared and ready to rock and roll. And like I've seen photographers, you know, the venue manager or the planner is rushing them. They're like, oh, my gosh, we're running 30 minutes behind time. We got to go. And I can see not not the expression on their face and they're not putting forth their best effort now because they're under the timeline. And then as soon as they're done with the photos, they're running into the reception area, right? Which is a which is a whole different conversation because taking pictures outside and then going inside the venue is different. You gotta put your bags down, you gotta get your lighting set mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that's you a know. whole other like conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um I'm 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 super glad you mentioned that. Um all right, so let's talk about what are the different options for couples to get their photos. Yeah, so some couple, I mean, some photographers offer their images on flash drives, but that method is kind of getting outdated. A lot of people don't do that anymore because if you think about it, flash drives break and flash drives get lost. Um, when I used to do flash drives, every single person lost their flash drives, and I was constantly having to replace them. So now what I do, and you've, you've experienced this, and you can kind of give me your feedback as a client, um, you get a gallery. So I send you a link, and you have access to this link for 10 years, and you can download them as many times as you want. You can share them online. You can share them with people. You can favorite your pictures. It gets broken down into different categories um, from prep, ceremony, whatever. And then you also have an app. Um, where you can have all of your galleries in one place. So if you do an engagement session with me, if you do a wedding, for you, your headshot session, your couple's pictures, like they would all be in that one app. Um, So I think it's just so much better than having a tangible item that could get broken. So I'll tell you what, I love it, Deb, right? Um, You did my headshots, and I just recently changed a photo on uh, on my business card. And what I did was I was like, man, where are my pictures? And I just went to the Pass app, loaded it up, and boom, there it was. You know, yep, all yeah, the, that's awesome. Yeah, from the company photos to my headshots to... Uh, and the good thing about that gallery is that you can order prints <coughs> through the gallery, like where you just literally click on the plus sign and you can order prints through it. I didn't know you could do you that. Can download them and order them yourself. I didn't know you could so do you that. Yes. So if you push the plus sign, there's an option that says add to cart, and then it'll bring up all the different sizes that you can order. Wow. That's pretty yeah. dope. That's dope. Um, So yeah, I think, you know, I think it's amazing. And I was able to give the computer to wifey and I let her pick the photo that she thought would be best on the business card. So, uh, so it worked, it worked out pretty good. So uh, so is that is, is is that your method is doing the gallery and allowing see because this is another thing right when when we were out shopping for photographers okay uh, one thing I was completely oblivious to was like okay we paid the photographer the, for the photos but now what about the prints it was like the prints oh yeah so a couple can either decide to get the photos printed themselves or is that a service you offer as well. 
So I always, uh, and I think we actually spoke about this before, um, you can absolutely order prints through me, but what I have found, and you know I'm so honest with my brides, I mean like, I, I've even told you guys like so many different, like I could customize whatever for you guys, um, but like, I always think that it's cheaper for my clients that they download them and they can order them through galleries, you know, through labs that I, you know, recommend um, than them paying for me. Because if what happens is if you guys pay for a print through me, I'm totally happy to order them for you, but it's going to come from a special photo lab and I'm going to charge something for the time that it takes for me to order all the pictures, you know, whatever, and it ends up being more expensive versus where you guys can have access to them whenever you want download them, and then order the prints yourself. Now, some photographer models are different, which you always should make sure you know, is some, you basically, you pay the fee for the work and the time, but you don't receive digitals or prints with that cost. Really? You have to order the prints separately, and you have to order the files separately. Because, as, <clears throat> yeah, so, you just always want to make sure that you're either, if that's what the service that you're looking for, like if you want more, of you know, high luxurious, prints and just a few digitals or if you want like all the digitals all right deb listen i am so grateful that uh you have come into my life and you have uh definitely oh, helped me in my career uh you have you you have been a good friend you're an amazing photographer like like you know you you're the first interview for the podcast <laughs> you know what i mean like, i know it's awesome it's same I think I think that we both have worked together really well. Yeah, I mean that's 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 how much I think of you. Um, and uh, you know, this our, our second interview, we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna start with the whole lighting situation because I know I know that's important. Mm -hmm. um, so, in closing, where can where can they find you? You know, if somebody wants to yeah, book you, what's the process? So I'm, I'm, I am in several different places. Uh, my website is www.debbyringle.com. You can find my investment information about me, my portfolios, all of that stuff on my website. Um, you can also contact me through the website. I'm also on Instagram at Debbie Ringle and Boudoir by Debbie Ringle. And I'm also on Facebook at Debbie Ringle Photography and Boudoir by Debbie Ringle. So anywhere you are, you can find me and um, I'm happy to work with anybody. All right, Deb. Listen, congratulations on. Uh, Thank you. Congratulations on, to you too. Yep, yep. It's gonna be a big year for me and Jen. And uh, I don't know if you guys picked a date yet, but um, yeah, you know that that that, that, that definitely have you. You know, if you if your man want to talk, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm a groom. I know. I think that, <laughs> I think that it's so crazy because I I'm a wedding photographer, but I think we're probably going to end up eloping. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but you know that you know I'm always passing your name around. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Deb. Well, listen, love you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Happy New Year, and I know this is going to be an amazing year for you. Awesome. You too. Thank you. All right. I'll be in touch. Take care. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.